It's time for the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. On this edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast, baseball's plan to return. My conversation with Jason Kamlowski on the shortened 60-game MLB season. Plus, my interview with co-host of the Ball Girls Podcast, Jordan Chiquelli. All that and so much more. We hope you enjoy. Stay tuned. This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. All right. We are back. The Kirby on Sports Podcast, part of the Mayo Please Podcast Network. As always, we're sponsored by Route 11 Chips. Make sure you find a bag today inside your local Martin's Food Lion and Giant stores. And we are sponsored by PM Plus Reserves, now opening up their area to serve the I-81 corridor from Hagerstown, Maryland to Stanton, Virginia. That is PM Plus Reserves. As always, big thanks to Dave Johnson, MPT Now Productions, and JR Beats official for all they do for our podcast. So um, we actually have a bit of sports news to talk about. The MLB, it is set in stone after what seemed to be endless negotiations between the MLB and the MLB Players Association. They just couldn't agree on um, what to do. Um, in my opinion, but um, I'm bringing on um, a contributor to the podcast, writes for Dynasty Football, uh, Football Digest, and Prospects Live. Uh, the one, the only Jason Kamlowski. Jason, thanks for being with us. Um, what, what's your stance on this um, 60 game season for the MLB? Yeah, Josh, thanks for having me. Um, so this is there's there's two schools of thought here the one is i mean we're gonna have baseball which is great it, you know we're we we are gonna well we're gonna have some version of baseball which is great you know 60 games which is not you know when you're talking about a normal 162 game season you know 60 games is um a little more than a third of that but um you know it's i think i think it's going to be fun to watch because 60 games will kind of be like a sprint for these guys so um it'll be interesting to see kind of strategy wise with, with pitching and, and things like that, you know, do, do they, um, you know, do starters become more important? Does the bullpen become more important? Um, you know, I, I think you'll see, you'll probably see more in game management than you, than you see in a typical 162 game season, because really, I mean, it was 60 games, literally every game is going to matter a lot. Um, so, you know, I think it's I think it's a positive thing that we're going to have baseball. But uh, baseball really, um, you know, they they had a chance to kind of capitalize on the fact that there were no other sports going on in the country, and they they really screwed themselves. And and because 
they're going to come back and they can't even set the date, but they're going to come back, um, you know, sometime between July 24th and the 26th, which is going to give them exactly, I think three days before the NBA season is going to start up. NFL training camps will start up. And I think the NHL season even is going to start up. So, you know, they kind of had a chance to be the, the only game in town, you know, for a month or for, you know, maybe a couple months. And they, they just, they couldn't come to an agreement and, it, you know, it's greed on the owner's part. And, and Rob Manfred is, you know, the worst commissioner um, in all of sports. He makes Roger Goodell look like a competent person. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it just, it really came down to money. And, and I have a hard time siding with the owners when, when every single one of these organizations makes a money hand over fist during a normal year. Um, you know, and the owners are worried about the fact that they're not going to play in front of any fans, but, you know, they're billionaire owners and, and they were quibbling over, you know, what was basically going to come down to, you know, I think less than $30 million a team in extra salaries to try to get some extra games in. Um, and honestly, you know, the collective bargaining agreement is up here after uh, the 2021 season. And really all they all this has done is set up a showdown between the players and the owners, um, you know, two years from now. And, and you know, we could be looking at another work stoppage um, similar to the strike um, that they had back in the 90s. So, you know, th- this, this was bad for baseball. It looked bad for baseball. Um, there's really no way to spin it in a positive light for baseball other than the fact that we are going to we are going to have games, um, you know, and it's going to be a sprint to the finish line, and that'll be fun. But it's 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 no doubt it was it was kind of disheartening to watch, you know, how this played out between the two sides. But I, I will always side with the players on things like this because the owners just make so much money, uh, and, and and you know, I I just can't side with people that are billionaires. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what what you brought to my mind is the in game management and um how players are going to be used. I really love what you said about that because 60 games in a season that I I mean, that's pretty crazy. They're shortening the season that much. Like uh, what we don't even know how many games are going to be played. Like, is it going to go back to back to back to back? Like every single day, how many days off are they going to get? Like you said, Jason, it's a sprint. And, um, I, I, I really, I really do like that analogy on what what you said there. So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing how managers and the coaching staff handled the, um, players and the in-game management, like more of like the pitching using starters and relievers. But that, that was a great point there. I, I want to move to, um, um, just, Man, I just can't believe you said that Rob Manfred makes Goodell look like a competent owner. Um, why do you think Rob Manfred is one of the worst in the MLB? I mean, name another major com- like sports commissioner that wants to see less of their sport played. I mean, and it's not just this, Josh. You know, they're they're contracting the minor leagues. They had a five round you know, amateur draft this year. The amateur draft is normally 40 rounds long. They trimmed it to five this year. Uh, they're getting rid of, I mean, they're gutting the minor leagues. I mean, absolutely gutting it. 
um, you know, there, there'll be no more affiliates like in places like Frederick and Hagerstown, which are, you know, within 30 minutes driving time for, for me to go to a game. Um, and they're doing it because of money. And, you know, Rob Banford works for the owners. The owners are the ones that decide who the commissioner is going to be. And, you know, they're, they're in a time when there are so many options for kids out there to play different things and try different things. You know, baseball really can't afford to lose more kids to to other sports or um, you know the the new thing that's coming out is esports. I mean, my God, Twitch is huge. I was actually just watching <laughs> before I jumped on here. I mean, it, you know, there are so many other things that that kids can do. Um, you know, and, and I I'm just I'm really concerned about the long term future of the game. I mean, it, you know, baseball will never die, but I mean they they've just really inflicted some long-term damage on on the game and and you know some of this stuff i'm not sure how they walk back with regards to the contracting of the minor leagues and um you know trying to trim down the overall organizational roster and and i I know some people say you know a lot of those lower level guys you know don't end up making it and and a lot of them are just kind of you know organizational depth but you know, there, there's a guy named Randy Dobnak who pitches for the Twins, and uh, I had the opportunity to interview Randy a couple of weeks ago. Randy's dad or uh, father-in-law is my phys ed department head. Um, Randy pitched at a small Division two school in West Virginia, wasn't drafted, and was pitching for an independent league team up in Michigan, and the Twins saw him and signed him as a free agent. With what's going to happen with the contracting of the minor leagues, guys like Randy Dobnak aren't going to even have a chance. And Randy Dobnak started game two of the ALCS last year for the Twins. Wow. So, you know, it's it's stories like that that, that are going to go away. And and those are the stories, you know, take like Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza was a 60th round draft pick. And those and those stories are going to go away. And, and you know, that's part of what makes baseball special. So, you know, Manfred and the owners – um you know, have really just, they've, they've done some long-term damage, uh, and, and, you know, just, uh, just to the game. And then the relationship between the owners and the players is, is such a fragile one anyways. And, you know, I just, I think they've been, they've just set themselves up for labor strike here in about a year and a half. So, you know, it's, it's tough to watch the game you love disintegrate like that, but, uh, you know, anytime we're going to play baseball, that's a good thing. And, and we should be grateful for that. And I am grateful for the 60 games we're going to get this year. Yeah, yeah, that is a very great insight. So, um, the way the season is going to work, it's a sixty-game season. Forty games are going to be played in the team's own division. Forty. The rest of them will be their AL counterpart. So, mm-hmm. for example, the Nationals, the reigning world champions, by the way, um, they're going to be playing forty games in the NL East than the other 20 in the AL East. So schedules are getting very confusing with this. Um, A lot of, a lot of crammed in schedules. Um, What's your thought on how they came up with this schedule format? Well, it's out of necessity for one, because, you know, travel with COVID is hard. So, you know, part of it's out of necessity, and they, and they wanted to keep, you know, geographically speaking, they didn't want teams to have to take these long road trips and stay in hotels. So I, I get that part, and I'm completely on board with it. Um, but, 
you know, when you talk about some of the rules, you know, they're, they're going to introduce the universal designated hitter. So both leagues will have a DH now, um, you know, which, which will open up some spots for guys to be, um, you know, in the national league for guys to be an important piece of the, of the roster for their team that they may not otherwise have been. Um, I mean, you brought up the nationals. I think the guy like Howie Kendrick, Howie Kendrick now has a, a legitimate role on the national every day because he can DH, you know, he, he was probably gonna have a hard time finding his way in the lineup every day, which is, you know, unfortunate because he's, you know, he still can swing it. Um, you know, but with the universal DH and the NL now having the DH, Howie Kendrick has an everyday role for the nationals now. Um, but you know, the nationals are actually an interesting point and I'm glad you brought them up because after 60 games last year, they were bad. I mean, they, they were, I mean, everybody knows after 60 games what their record was. I mean, it was, it was terrible. They were in the basement of the division. And, um, you know, they used the second half of the season, obviously, to figure it out and ended up winning the World Series. But, you know, you're you're going to see a couple of teams probably get hot that you may not have expected to get hot who are going to make the playoffs. And you're going to see maybe one or two teams that everybody thought was going to compete maybe come out and, and kind of slump early on. And, and they may have a hard time catching up if they get in too deep of a hole. So, it's like I said, there's some intrigue around this. I mean, it's, it's not all bad. I mean, there, there is definitely some intrigue around the fact that it's going to be 60 games and, you know, with, with starting as, as late as they're going to start, you know, the other thing that, that is, that is good about this is some of these guys that were, that were hurt and looking like they may not start the season on time or we're going to miss time are now going to be healthy and ready to play. So, you know, guys like Giancarlo Stanton, Justin Verlander, um, you know, Blake Snell, um, Andrew McCutcheon, Tommy Pham. I mean, Mike Clevenger. Mike Clevenger got hurt um, towards meniscus the second day of spring training this year. Um, so it lo- And it looks like he could be 100% by the time the season starts. So, you know, some of these star players that went down early uh, in spring training are now going to be able to play. And and, and you think about the biggest move of the off season was the Dodgers getting Mookie Betts. You know, that was looking like a, a real sunken cost for them because, you know, they, they basically are going to get 60 games of Mookie Betts. But I'm sure if you ask the Dodgers fan, would you rather have 60 games of Mookie Betts or zero games of Mookie Betts, which would you choose? And they would take 60 every time. So there's some intrigue around this. It, it's not all bad. Um, from a purely, you know, games played perspective and just kind of looking at where we're at and, and, and the hand we've been dealt with this, I mean, there's there's definitely some positives to what's going to happen with this schedule. It, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, in my mind, with 60 games, I feel like the World Series is going to be a toss-up because it's going to be more like a sprint, like you said. So it's really going to be interesting to see. Um I, I really think their plan is a good plan, but um, how, how do you think they're going to implement social distancing policies with COVID still in the back of their minds? Like, because, the it, you know, it, we can't have it. I, I mean, I feel like if I was a commissioner, we cannot have it so we have a sports league going, uh, like the MLB and... COVID just spikes back up, you know? Well, and, and, and I mean, <laughs> baseball probably lends itself as well to social distancing as any sport because the nine people that are on the field, I mean, you're six, your minimum is six feet away from somebody. 
So, so baseball will probably be one of the sports that's the easiest for the most part to stay away from each other on the field. And it's a low contact sport, but the problem with anything is, you know, human nature is to high five or fist bump or hug or, or, you know, um, you know, do those things. And it's going to be hard to, to keep guys away from that. And then obviously with baseball, I mean, you spit everywhere, you know, uh-huh. and, so, um, you know, that that's, and that's just something they're going to have to work on. I mean, the good thing is these are world-class athletes. So, you know, and hopefully they have a plan in place to kind of have them live in, in a so-called bubble um, to keep them from maybe contracting COVID from somebody on the outside, but it's going to happen. A, a player is going to get COVID um, and, and, you know, he's going to be shut down for, you know, 14 days, but um, they, they have put in some rules for physical distancing as, as far as, you know, if a, if a coach or a player wants to argue a call with an umpire, they've got to stay six feet away. And if they get closer than that, they're, they're automatically, you know, tossed out of the game and they're going to be fined. Um, pitchers can have a wet rag in their back pocket and they're going to encourage them to use that wet rag instead of licking their fingers in between pitches. So uh, there are some things that they're going to try, but I think just because of the way baseball is structured, it's one of the easier sports to say, hey, you know, we've got to adhere to social distancing guidelines. I mean, you you don't have 11 guys knocking helmets, you know, every play in baseball. Yeah, that, that, that is true. So a lot of great implementations they're trying to put into the game. So um, uh, already we found out, I found out today, um, Rockies player Charlie Blackman, one of the three Colorado Rockies players to get diagnosed with COVID. So um, the, it, it's been very crazy the, to see the amount of athletes and sports professionals that have come down with COVID here in the past week or so. Um, I, another interesting point I want to bring up, um, there have been some athletes um, from different leagues, the WNBA for one, the NBA for two players deciding to forego the rest of their season to spend time with their family, keep their family safe with a shortened season. Do you agree with um, any athletes who want to forego the rest of their season to, for whichever reason that may be um, due to this shortened season and COVID? Yeah, I mean, if if a guy or, or or a girl or you know a male or female athlete think that it's in their their family's best interest for them not to play this year because of this, I I mean, that that's fine. I mean, we all have to live our lives, and and whatever that means, um, you know, I think we have to respect that. And you know, if if that means that someone feels it's best to sit out, you know, this season, then then you have to respect that decision and and say, you know what, if that's what you think is best for your family, then then good for you. Um, but on the same, you know, hand, if if players say, "Hey, I, I want to play," and you know, even if I've got COVID, I, I still want to play. And you know, if you get a group of guys in the locker room that says, "Hey, there's 26 of us on the, or 25 of us on the roster," and you know, we're trying to win, you know, we don't care if there's COVID. I mean, I, you know, these guys are are athletes, they're competitors. 
Um, but they're also dads and they are husbands and they are sons and, you know, same thing with women, their moms and their wives and their daughters. Um, yeah, I think you just have to respect the decision and you just, you know, you just have to understand that, that this is a, this is a time unlike any other that we've seen. Um, it won't last forever, but for right now, this is the reality that we're dealing with. And, you know, the sooner you come to grips that you're just not in control of any of this, um, the better off you're going to be. And and just be glad that you're going to have any kind of sports to watch because it could be worse. Yeah, yes, we are glad here on the Kirby on Sports podcast that there will be some sports to watch soon, some sports for us to cover. We're looking forward to bringing you all the coverage. Um, so before we let you go, Jason, um, do you have any very early predictions on what this MLB season could look like and who could potentially take home the World Series trophy. Well, I, I mean, I, I think I think depth is not going to be as important, obviously, with 60 games. But I, I don't know really that, that the 60 games will play as much of a role in some of this maybe as people think. I mean, I still think in the AL – you know the Braves or the uh, Yankees have to be the favorites. I mean they're just they're just too loaded. Um, and that pitching staff with Garrett Cole and, and I mean they're just they're just too loaded. Um, but I, but I do think in the AL the Twins could be the team. You know if there's a team that's going to take them out, it could be the Twins. Um, I think early on you're going to see hitting is going to be ahead of pitching. Um, because I think a lot of these guys have probably been working out. And I, and I just think, you know, I think it's going to be the opposite of spring training. I think the hitting is going to be ahead of the pitching. Um, and I think some of these pitchers are not going to have enough time to really work themselves up to to where they need to be to throw a seven or eight inning game. Because, um, you know, they're going to have essentially three weeks to get ready for the season, whereas spring training is about six weeks. So, um, you know, I, I think the Twins could could be a sleeper team in the AL. Uh, you know, in the end now, it's hard to go against the Dodgers. I mean, they're just, I mean, that lineup is, is going to be so deep. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, the Nationals are the reigning champs. And with with the pitching that the Nationals have, uh, when you look at that top three, Scherzer, Strasburg, uh, and Corbin, you know, having three stud arms like that in the 60-game season is really all you need. Because, um, like I said, the depth in the pitching staff is not going to be nearly as important with 60 games. So if the if the Nats can kind of figure it out, uh, and, you know, you're looking, you're looking at you know each starter making probably 10 to 12 starts. I mean, that's that's good for a team that has three top of the line arms like the like the Nats do. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, and I'm sure there's going to be a team that kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, you know, I know a lot of people. I think the sexy pick is probably the the, the Rays down there in Tampa. Um, which makes a lot of sense because they, they do have a ton of pitching. Um, uh, but I think if I had to probably pick a dark horse team, it would be the Padres. I think that lineup is really good. And, you know, I think their pitching staff um, can do enough to, to kind of sneak up on the Dodgers. So, you know, it's going to be fun. Uh, and like I said, at least at least we have something to look forward to in the way of organized sports. Absolutely, Jason. One more question before we let you go. Um 
How'd you like the MLB draft? Um, any big names you want to talk about? Because I know you write for uh, Prospects Live. So were there was there anybody you were eyeing that got drafted in this year's draft? Yeah, you know, our site covered the covered the draft and they did a really nice job. I mean the guys that run the site, um and, and just to be clear, like I'm I'm a very small part of, of that about of that site. But you know, the guys that run the draft, they did a live stream um for all five rounds. Uh so we, we had wall to wall coverage on that. But you know, it was five rounds was unfortunate, but it was you know, it it also condensed the player pool a little bit. Um I was actually, you know, we did a kind of a question and answer um, article on the site where we, you know, we picked our favorite pick, our least favorite pick, um, and then our most surprising pick. I mean, uh, my favorite pick of the draft was Cole Wilcox. Uh, the Padres took him in the third round, uh, and and he's he's a um, a college arm out of Georgia, and he is actually um, he's a draft eligible. More, which means his signability is going to be tough. I mean, it's, it's going to be tough to sign him. But the Padres had a really good plan because they they drafted two guys ahead of him that they knew they could sign for under slot. So they have over three million dollars to throw at Cole Wilcox. Um, the problem is Cole Wilcox is represented by Scott Boris, and and we all know how that goes. But <laughs> if they're if they manage to get Cole Wilcox in the fold, um, that'll that'll easily be the best pick of the draft. But the team that I thought really did well, and and this is going to sound like a homer um, pick, was the Pirates. Um, you know, they went with Nick Gonzalez uh, out of New Mexico State in the first round. You know, um, he'll play second base for them, and you know he's one of the better hitters um, in the draft. I mean, his back control is is second to none. Um, and he really, I mean, his raw power is, is double plus. So, um, and I was actually shocked that they drafted him just because he was the guy that made the most sense when their pick was up. Um, you know, and then they followed that up with, with, with a couple really nice picks in the top 50. I mean, it was, it was really nice to see the pirates kind of go with the plan, but of course they've got new management and, um, a new general manager. So you know, it looks like they're making some strides, but, you know, overall, um, some of these guys that got drafted may potentially find their way onto um, what's going to be called the taxi squad for these for these big league clubs, which is going to expand the roster of guys that will be available to them. So, you know, you could see some of these first-round draft picks, um, you know, be available for the teams that drafted them. Uh, I read something today where it looks like um, Emerson Hancock um, is a name that popped up uh, they were talking about him. You know, he was he was drafted in the first round, and you know he he might be added to the the taxi squad. So, you know that'll be that'll be kind of a fun thing to watch and, and track. Um, but but this was a draft. I mean, it, it was deep um, with with solid talent. Um, you know, I I don't think there was um, there was not an Adley Rushman. I don't think in this draft, in my opinion. But uh, I, I think it was a lot deeper than a lot of the drafts in recent memory. Um, the, just the sad thing is, with no minor league baseball this year, it, you know we're gonna have to wait a year to see if some of these guys play. Absolutely. So you've heard it from Jason Kamlowski, his insight uh, about the MLB season coming up 
towards the end of July. We're excited. I know you're excited, Jason. I know the fans are excited as well. As always, thanks for coming on the show, Jason. Uh, we love having you. Any last words for the podcast? No, guys, just you know, stay safe out there. Follow what they're what they're saying to do. Um, you know, and and whatever it is, you know, like I said, whatever it is you decide to do, whatever however you decide to live your life, I mean, that's up to you. Just uh, you know, be respectful of the lifestyle choices people are making with this thing, and um, you know keep the social distancing up and, and try to keep doing the right things. And hopefully sooner than later, we get back to some sense of normalcy. And, and we're talking about things that are a heck of a lot less serious than, uh, than a global pandemic. <laughs> Absolutely. Aren't, aren't we all thinking that once again, Jason Kamlowski from dynasty football digest and prospects live the Kirby on sports podcast will continue right after this. The Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast, part of the Mayo Please Podcast Network, is sponsored by Route 11 Chips. Make sure you grab a bag today inside your local Martins, Food Lion, and Giant stores. And our new sponsor and fellow sports fans at PM Plus Reserves, providing reserve studies for homeowner and condominium associations in the Washington metropolitan area for the past 30 years. Make sure you check us out on all streaming platforms via the Mayo Please and the Josh Kirby on Sports podcast. You can also find the Josh Kirby on Sports podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, along with the Mayo Please on Twitter. Have any questions for the show? Feel free to shoot us an email at kirbyonsports at gmail.com. All right, welcome back to Kirby on Sports podcast, back with another special guest, um, Jordan Chick Kelly from the the Ball Girls podcast, excuse me, completing her undergraduate degree in sports management and currently in her postgraduate studies for sports journalism. Jordan continues to strive in creating unique sports content as well as creating the discussion on various issues surrounding the sports world beyond the playing field. She is currently the co-host producer for her show. As I said, the ball girls podcast and has featured articles on the Toronto observer in the Canadian baseball network. Uh, let's bring her on right now. Jordan Shikelli. First off, Jordan, thanks so much for being with us today. Um, uh, two questions to start off. Um, I hope you and your family are staying safe during these uncertain times. Um, hopefully everything's going well. I know there are some different rules in Canada with COVID and whatnot. So um, what what has been going on north of the border um, in terms of COVID? And how has your podcast been going without um, having much of any sports on recently? Yeah, so um, COVID, obviously, it's different how you guys have different per state. Uh, it's different per province here. I'm in Toronto, so we're kind of like the main hub area of it. Um, it's definitely, obviously, scary because it's something that you don't really know the future about. Um, but, yeah, no, it's been pretty good just wearing masks everywhere. Um, different places, like the other day, I was in a smaller town, and it's mandatory to, mandatory, sorry, to wear your mask. Uh, but yeah, like we're, they just open stores up, salons are open. So it's getting back to normal a bit, but not all the way. <laughs> and then um, with our Ball Girls podcast, we actually started it 
during COVID. So we have yet to actually report on live sports, uh, really. So yeah, we're just been adjusting to it like everyone else. <laughs> Yeah, so um, d- tell me a little bit. Um, what well, what's it like? Um, uh, being what you doing, what you do. Um, sports journalism and stuff like that. How did you decide you wanted to get started with something like that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously, like you mentioned, um, I did my undergraduate degree in sport management. I also minored in media studies. Um, later throughout my university career. I realized I wanted not because like the program that I was in, it's more so if you want to be like a GM or an agent or kind of go down one of those routes. Um, but that's not really something I see myself doing. So I decided I wanted to try the media route uh, since I'm pretty good with social media and content creation. So yeah, I I had an internship with the, the Leafs and the Raptors, their organization, and. I could either continue down the road, it was community programming, or I could branch off into media. So I decided to go back to school and try to make something out of that with uh, sport journalism. (laughs) So have you um, covered any big sports yet or still getting up there? Uh, Still getting up there, uh, unfortunately. um, So my one professor is Shai Davidi. Uh, He's a great baseball analyst. And he was supposed to take our class to go see a Jays game and do a game over report on it. But obviously that's not happening now. Um, it could happen down the road, but as of right now, it doesn't seem plausible. But um, I actually was able to go down to spring training before COVID basically ruined everything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got to report on some of the players, um, more so with the Jays and their minor league organization. So I got to interview Will McGaffer of Lansing Lugmuts. Um, yeah, and, I, and then I did some NCAA softball, so still getting my foot in the door with it, but still I've done some cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's great to hear. So um, tell us a little bit more about um, what made you all decide to start the Ball Girls podcast? You all do a great job, by the way. So um, t- tell us a little bit about your direction of the podcast and what you want to make of it. Thank you, first off. Um, so actually, our professor, he pulled us aside one class. So my co-host Haley and I, we go to school together. And we always are caught talking in class. And usually our professor like wants us to work away from each other because he thinks that we're too involved with one another. So we pulled us aside one class because we thought, oh my gosh, like we're in like we're in trouble right now. And he was just like, I know I said I want you guys to work separately, but I actually want you guys to do a podcast together. Like you guys bounce off each other's like amazingly. Like you guys are very alike. I feel like it would be great conversations even beyond sport. So since that was around February, he said that, and me and Haley were hissing and hawing on names. That's the main reason we didn't start earlier. Um, but then once we got a name. Uh, during COVID and had time to think about it, we ended up just kicking it off. Um, and yeah, just kind of, yeah, just basically like that. Um, but it kind of started off with, um, I started talking on my Twitter account basically about like how it is to be a woman in sports and like that even goes beyond being a fan, working in sports, like playing sports, like anything within the sports realm. And basically how some guy messaged me and it was kind of more of a laughing matter. I didn't expect it to kind of blow up 
but then seeing people like messaging me and telling me how they had similar situations I told Haley I'm like we should talk about the podcast like about that and kind of direct it towards like women in sports and she's like yeah 100% so yeah that's what we built it off of and what we're hoping to continue doing with it. Yeah, that that's great to hear. So, um, uh, women in sports. Um, I I want to get your take. Um, uh, being a woman in sport, a woman in sports, I honestly really respect it, and I I don't know why anybody has to bash anybody for covering what they love to cover. So, t- tell me, um, what you would say to anybody trying to get into the field of sports being a woman? Uh, what what is your advice? to anybody trying to take that next step taking classes and doing what they love to do in the sports world? Oh, for sure. I 100% go for it. It's been the best experience, uh, way beyond anything I could have thought I would have been able to do. Um, always wanting to have a career in sports. I've, I never thought I'd be even near where I am. Where I am is not even big at all. So definitely go for it um i've had a few girls reach out and like i keep telling like each one of them if it's something that you want to do and it's on your mind like follow your guts on it the yeah you may have like a few people bashing you based off different things mostly because you're a woman though um and like yeah you need to have like thick skin but the big the community within sport is pretty big especially with journalism and media um that community like i have people even guys message me saying like, I'm so sorry what you go through. Like you've opened my eyes actually to like a lot of the issues I didn't know that were going on. So definitely people have your back in the industry. A lot of girl power I've noticed a lot lately. A lot of my friends that I have right now are in the industry and have gone through similar situations that I have. And a big reason I continue tweeting about and making it known on the podcast, like what, like what shouldn't be said to women in sports and even beyond women, just other people in sports too. Uh, I'm kind of, it's not exposing, but kind of bringing to light uh, the people that don't really see that there's a space for women in sport. And I continue to expose them because I want people to see like, you can't do this. So a big thing for that is so girls that are younger do continue in the sport field and don't feel shied away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I completely understand that. So, um, uh, if you heard the podcast in um earlier, um, I interviewed Jason Kamlowski. We talked about uh, the MLB restarting, and I sort of want to get your thoughts. Um, what what is your opinion on the sixty game season the MLB has set into place this year? Um, this season, um, what are your thoughts on that? And um, with there being a Canada baseball team with the current ban on sports, the last I checked, there was like a ban on sports or something. Uh, the the Branching off to that second question, what do you think any Canadian teams are going to do if they play this year? So two-part question. Okay, <laughs> so... To begin with, I'll I'll touch on the season. So, like apart from past seasons, you have a lot less games. Obviously, um, I feel in one way, as much as I love baseball, and it's upsetting to see that we won't have as many games and as many matchups. You still have that opportunity to allow new fans to come in because a lot of people, as much as I roll my eyes about it, because I've grown up playing softball for years, other people that haven't and aren't familiar with the sport find baseball to be born because it's so long and it's so hard to follow so I think the 60 game season 
yeah, it's short and kind of sucks in a way, but at the same time, you're going to see a lot of great baseball, I think, come out of it. Um, I'm trying to word it right in my head. Um, so basically with the new season, and then you have the DH role into play, for instance. I, I'm i used to that already because growing up in Toronto, I followed the Jays mostly. But, I mean, it's kind of give or take. So I don't, I'm not opposed to it. I know the National League, people are opposed to it, fans of them. Um, for instance, if you have players like Madison Bumgarner, you're not like – that one's very – not – trying to word it right. <laughs> but basically with him, he's known for hitting and pitching, right? So within this realm, you're going to be seeing him pitching and his hitting as much as it is such a strong suit for uh, Arizona now. Uh, you're not going to be seeing that for this season, which sucks. But so yeah, there's that. And then, for instance, runner on second kind of rule. The international. I always try getting it right. The international rules of the player on second and extra innings. I I know a lot of people don't like it. I don't like it. Um, but I mean, since you already have so many short games, and I know they're just trying to squeeze in everything, and they don't want long games, I guess. Um, I mean, it's just something I guess for this year. I. Let's see how it pans out. Um, right now, I don't really want to see it in seasons to come, but we'll see. And, um, yeah, no, with uh, the Jays, for instance, the band, so it's so confusing. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, but the Jays, we're finding out, I believe, Monday, if they get the go to have games in Canada. Um, I don't see it happening, to be totally honest. Like, for instance, we have the NHL, um, they have Vegas as a hub city, I believe, and then it's between Edmonton and Toronto right now. So we will be having sports in Toronto, but I don't like if we have if it's a hub city for twelve teams, it's going to be nuts. So and then imagine baseball on top of it. Um, Raptors went down to Fort Myers, I believe, last week. So NBA, they're back with that. But yeah, no, with Toronto, it's between. Um, TD Park in Dunedin, and I forget, I boggles my mind, I forget it, sorry, the field in Buffalo where the Bisons play, between those two, um, I mean, the Dunedin, their spring training facility would be great, because it's somewhere they're familiar with, but, I mean, Florida is crazy with outbreaks right now of COVID, so, I mean, thinking about health like what should be a majority thing um, that you're thinking about during these times. I would prefer Buffalo, but I guess we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> so what, what are your thoughts on um, the, uh, the teams in the MLB playing 40 games uh, division wise, and then 20 games on the opposite side so like basically their counterpart, for example, the nationals, they'll play, 40 games, NL East opponents, then they'll play the AL East the rest of the time. So that means the Nats open up with the New York Yankees. They just announced that today. So um, uh, what are your thoughts on that um, sort of spread? Uh, I I actually kind of love it. Um, you know, like I mentioned, like with baseball, I'm very trying to be unbiased. Obviously, I have a soft spot for the Jays. So getting to see... I, the Phillies are going to probably be playing the Jays. Um, 
nationals. I'm very excited to see it. Braves play Toronto. Uh, it's definitely something different, but I mean, it brings something new to the game. So I'm not opposed to it at all. I kind of love it. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, moving on, what's your opinion about um, the other sport leagues like the N- NBA and NHL having hub cities to play in the NBA just released their eight game schedule for each team's they're playing solely in Orlando and then they'll have a playoff and then the NHL, they have like hub cities. So what are your thoughts on these leagues uh, restarting and having hub cities to play in? Um, I see opposed to baseball, like it's so confusing. I prefer them in a sense, but obviously then being a city that could be get being a, that could be a hub city with the NHL. I kind of hate it at the same time. Because it definitely seems a lot safer to have all the players within a sanctioned area instead of traveling on the road nonstop, which is that which the MLB is going to be doing. And um, yeah, it's I like it. Uh, for instance, with Disney too, they're all I believe all the hotel rooms are all for the players and coaches and stuff like that. But no, I I like it. But then at the same time, I could be on the receiving end here in Toronto with it, so it is a bit scary. Um, but just got to see how it plays out also, I guess. It's all, everything with COVID and major league sports right now is so confusing, but it'll be exciting to see how it all goes. And the NFL, they announced that the Hall of Fame game would be canceled and the enshrinement getting pushed back to 2021. Um, do you think the NFL is still going to start on time? Um, I was just thinking about this today, too. I... I want to say yes so badly, <laughs> but like even with like the MLB, people are saying we're not even going to get all those 60 games. Like it's not going to happen, which is also that could be a possibility. So that's scary too. But the NFL, I mean, uh, they have training camp in August or July. I'm totally blanking right now too, but um, uh, I want to say yes, that they'll start but a small part of me wants to say no. Yeah. It's all confusing. Like you said, I'm, uh, I'm sort of baffled from some of the stuff like, man, because (laughs) I'm just thinking in my mind, what if they start too early and there's another outbreak of COVID? Like that's something you got to worry about too. So, I mean, I mean, who knows, who knows how it's going to go down, but yeah, I, I'm sure you're just like me, Jordan. You're in the same boat. You just want to watch sports. You want sports back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a- yeah a- absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, um, uh, Jordan, before we let you go, um, just um, tell um, our viewers uh, where they can listen to the Ball Girls podcast. Tell them where they can find you and um, anything else you want to plug. Yeah, perfect. Um, so you can find myself on Twitter. Uh, it's just Jordan Chakelli. It's Do you want me to spell it out maybe? Uh, it's an Italian last name, so it doesn't spell oh, out it, how it, it sounds. Link in the bio. <laughs> link in the bio. There you go. <laughs> link in the bio. Perfect. <laughs> so yeah, Jordan Chakelli on Twitter. Um, then Ball Girls Pod on Twitter. And then that's where we release every Tuesday. Um, our Spotify, our Apple Podcast, and a YouTube link to listen to our podcast. Well, that's awesome. Jordan, some great insight for you. 
uh, from you. Thank you so much for being a part of our show today. Um, and just continue to do what you do best. Uh, once again, she's part of the, she's a co-host of the ball girls podcast. They do a great job. Uh, keep up the great work, Jordan. And hopefully, um, we can have you on again really soon. Uh, JK sports will wrap up the podcast right after this. Stay tuned. All right, we're back. Thank you to Jason Kamlowski and Jordan Chakelli for um, coming on today's show to contribute. Um, very great interviews by them both. Um, that's all we have for this episode. Um, as always, I hope you all continue to stay safe and healthy. Until the next episode, we're part of the Mayo Please Podcast Network, sponsored by PM Plus Reserves, now expanding their area to serve the I-81 corridor between Hagerstown, Maryland, and Stanton, Virginia. Also, we're sponsored by Route 11 Chips. Make sure you find a bag today inside your local Martin's Food Lion and Giant stores. Thanks, as always, to MPT Now Productions, Dave Johnson, and JR Beats Official. Until next time, we say so long and peace out.